This is Adventure in Vino podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to Mitch Lohr from Budget Travel Secrets to learn more about what it means to be location independent. All right. Well, thank you so much for interviewing with me. I'm very excited to talk to you. Um, so just to verify, you are part of Location Indy, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So what do you do to make your living? Like, what's you, what do you consider your job title? Uh, I would consider my job title. That's always a fun question. Um, I am, uh, easiest way to say it is I'm a contractor and I okay. um, specialize in social media advertising. So I have my own clients and um, just contract out with them. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. Um, so did you, I always ask people this because I'm always interested to know, did you have like some sort of snapping point where you just realized you wanted to become location independent or what was, what was that backstory for becoming? Uh, yeah, definitely did have like the aha moment or like the epiphany yeah. moment. Um, okay. I think everybody does at one point when they realize that like, oh, there's more to life or there's a way to do this life differently and right. it's possible because of the internet. Um, for me, it was probably when uh, I finished the book, The 4-Hour Workweek. Okay. Um, I'd read that for the first time. So I had read it before, but I didn't like really grasp what was being talked about right and then i read it a couple years later and for some reason a couple years later it just clicked like it just everything made sense so um that was back in like 2015 i think okay so it's been about four years since you kind of started this journey yeah yeah cool so how did you get started doing what you do um like get, get started doing what i'm doing for work yeah sorry no, you're good. That's, that's a really good question. Uh, cause I feel like I have about 15 projects going on at all times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, to to be like, to keep it as like, uh, as straight to the point as possible with, with my journey. Cause it kind of goes all over the place. Okay. Um, I started, I had a desire to, I was working retail at an Apple store okay. and I really wanted to learn more about the coding world because I knew that like software engineers and, uh, just that software world working on the computer. You could easily work online. Um, I started learning how to do the coding thing and I actually went to a coding boot camp. Oh, okay. Um, and in the coding boot camp, I learned how to do how to build like uh, build what everyone knows as software as a service. So SaaS, I learned how to build online uh, online softwares. Okay. And that was really cool. But then once I got into a job that I was actually doing that, I was making some decent money. Um, which was really cool, but I learned really quickly that I hate coding or I hate editing code, but I love to like code from scratch on my own and like build my own projects and, and learn okay. to code and, and whatnot. So I actually trans, uh, um, I transitioned out of the coding world and used my understanding to start building websites for clients and, uh, medical doctors and that sort of thing. Uh, okay. so chiropractors, orthodontists, I'd started, I started building websites for them. Um, and then that turned into me wanting to answer the question for them. Cause they're like, well, cool. I have this fancy new website and they're like, but nobody's coming to it. Cause they have the mentality of if you build it, they will come, but that's not how the internet works. Like you've got to have, <laughs> got to have some sort of like a strategy or some sort of funnel next to it and yeah. something that's going to be pushing and driving traffic to it. So then that's what made me become obsessed with marketing and 
all the dominoes lay are laying where they are now and I am obsessed with driving traffic and so I'm completely and 110% an advertiser now so I run everything I build Facebook ads uh, Instagram ads awesome. is what my main specialty is in but then I also do I also have a background in like uh, in paid Google advertising and and the whole Google world of, of SEO and SEM and stuff like that okay uh, is that boot camp that you went to is that like a virtual boot camp did you yeah it was virtual boot camp it was a okay. it was a it was a it was a school or an education i don't even think they call it a school because it's not technically like an accredited school but it was a okay. it was a company based out of san francisco and i did everything online so it was like it was like five to eight hours a day of work for about nine months okay sweet um so where do you live now and like how did you guys come to that decision um, that's a great question because we're in total transition right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't think we've actually made that decision yet. Okay. Um, I do know, like, I can say that that Arizona is home for us. Like, that's definitely yeah. home. But we've been, oh man, we've been traveling for the majority of this year. Like, we left in February, just got back about three weeks ago. Okay. Um, and we went from Mexico to all the West Coast states, a handful of the East Coast states, out to Europe, and we hit about six countries in Europe and then came home. Um, and now we're, so we're actually, what we do to travel and save money while we travel is called house sitting. And that's yeah. kind of like our bread and butter on how we, how we just are able to travel without making like 10 to 15, uh, $15,000 a month. Like we still are, right. I mean, we're still on like what's considered a, an average income. So, um, well, it's not like we're spending gobs of money on Airbnbs and hotels. We actually do the house sitting thing. Okay. And so we're actually currently in a house set for a family member who is on a service mission right now for 18 months. Um, cool. So we're here for another 15 months here in Gilbert and that's going to give us enough time to figure, figure out. out what we're going to do. But I know that we're slowing down like uh, instead of, so we're kind of transitioning from what's from the nomad life to the true location independent life. So okay. we're going to have a home base and then we'll just take off and do like four to six week vacations here and there. And, Nice. travel a little bit slower and not do too much of the intense like go for a vacation for four days we're, we're not about that we don't like doing that <laughs> right yeah I understand that so uh, a lot of people don't really understand home sitting I've heard about it but mm -hmm. how do you guys like find the home sits that you go to yeah that's uh that's the first question we always get whenever we of tell course. someone about yeah. it so I'm, I'm prepared to answer that one pretty quickly so there um I know I was actually looking through this the other day I know of of over there's eight I know of 18 different websites oh, wow. that all are some sort of platform to connect house sitters with the the owners who need somebody to come and watch uh, right. watch their homes and what it really comes down to is house sitting consists of basically people needing their pets their plants or their property taken care for taken care of while they're vacationing yeah. and the site that we use to find the sits and to we use it I mean, out of all the houses that we've done, um, we've used this site, I think for all, but like three different sits that we've done and okay. it's trustedhousesitters.com. Nice. And yeah, that's the reason why we like it. It's just the platform is just super simple to use. It's just really smooth. Um, when in terms of house sitting softwares, like as a software in general, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty clunky, but in terms of house sitting softwares, it's actually pretty smooth. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot out there. I mean, there's dozens and dozens of sites out there that you can use. Right. And they're like paid subscriptions, right? Like you pay to be yeah. a member. So, okay. To find. Yeah. Sites. Sweet. So what 
what kind of pushed you guys um, to like live an independent or location independent lifestyle? Was it like for money or just a freedom to travel or do what you want with your business? That is such a good question. That is such a good <laughs> <Thank> question. <you. laughs> um, what pushed us? Okay, so the first big trip that we took, we went to Europe for three and a half months. Um, but traveled for a total of four months. And this was right before uh, my wife got pregnant with my daughter. Okay. And we wanted to travel just for travel sake at that point. Like we just wanted to kind of test it out and see how the whole nomad life was like, uh, because we had the freedom. I mean, we were working, we were both working online and, and uh, we had the ability to kind of just take off and see how it would go. Yeah. And once we did that, it like, started a snowball effect of wanderlust like everyone talks about like oh like travel while you're young get it out of your system but I think if you really fall in love with something you can never really get it out of your system yeah no. <laughs> and so because it's that way like that it's that way for me for basketball like I love basketball and whatnot and that's what people would say it's like oh yeah play as much as you can like go as far as you can in college and stuff like that because it's yeah. it, like you got to get it out of your system but it's it's never truly out of your system so same thing for me with travel um, that's when, so then when my daughter was old enough, when she was about seven months old, we started making plans to, or eight, six months old, we just started making plans to travel again. And that time was more, another kind of experiment for us. We're just like, okay, so we know how to do the house sitting thing. And then what we do is we, we couple it with, uh, frequent flyer miles and like travel hacking on the flight, on the flight side. Uh -huh. So we essentially just don't pay for travel. <laughs> like we don't pay for airline. We don't, we hardly <laughs> ever pay for plane tickets and we never pay for accommodations because we're house sitting. Um, That's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like, and it's cool to be able to say like, we pay for what we choose to pay for when we travel. Like it's not ever like a, like a circumstantial thing where it's like, Oh man, I'm traveling. I have to go pay for this. It's like, right. no, like, we, uh, no, we want to go to England. Okay. We're going to go find a house set. So we got a free place to stay and, um, how many points do we need? And then we travel hack our way to how many points we need. And then we book flights okay. with those points. And we usually just pay for taxes. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty rad. It's, it's awesome. We've, we've yeah. been able to be very fortunate to find that and kind of put those, th those two things together and, and really be able to make something out of it. So we actually, over the, this year alone, we've saved just in rent. So we were paying it. We were living in a two bedroom, uh, two bedroom apartment in kind of an upper area of the town of Gilbert. And, uh, I mean, we were paying about 1200, 1250 a month in rent for our two okay. bedroom apartment. And that's not including like, that's not including utilities. That's not including like a car payment. That's not including any of that. So what we did is we rented my car out to my sister while we were traveling. Okay. So she basically paid for half of our car payment, which was great. And then we put all of our stuff inside of a storage unit that I got a screaming deal on. So we were paying about $110 a month for that storage cool. unit with all of our stuff in it. Yeah. And we saved like, it was pretty rad. We saved over like $7,000 this month or this wow. year on rent because we didn't pay rent. We just right. house sat. Cool. <laughs> and like... <laughs> When I say we house that, like we went from a two bedroom apartment to like staying in like 13 bedroom, like manor in England on one, uh, on one sit that we did for just under a month. And then another one was like an eight bedroom house. And yeah. So it's like, we kind of upgraded in life in a way. <laughs> no, I, I did see those pictures from England, but that was a beautiful house. It yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. It was unreal. Yeah. Okay. So I have like listened I first heard about you guys on Travis's podcast. I think it was on, it was either on location indie or um, his personal podcast. But I think I remember you saying um, that you guys decided to travel in Europe until you got pregnant. Is that 
Yeah, that was the first round. Yeah, that's not this round. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the first time we went out to Europe, we were just like, okay, like we may be one of those people that just like we may have a hard time getting pregnant, and it's very, it's it's actually very common nowadays, um, just with like the the health issues and everything that's going on. So we're just like, okay, like, well, let's just go out and travel, travel as long as we can, and um, if we get pregnant, we'll see how long my wife can last before she (laughs) really wants to come home. And yeah. She didn't last long, but with good reason. So okay, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we got pregnant a lot quicker than we actually anticipated, but, um, we had house sits lined up for a total of six months out in Europe, but we actually had to cut those short and cancel on them because, gotcha. uh, my wife, my wife is one of the fortunate ones who, uh, instead of morning sickness, it is just like all day sickness. And so oh, she was, man. she was done. She was, was like, miserable. Yeah. yeah. She's like, get me to the, Amer- get me back to America. Get me back to the home comforts. Like I do not yes. want to be out here anymore. Yeah. I don't so, blame her. Yeah, either I do just I. Thought that was a cool story when I heard it. I was like, wow, how awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happened pretty quickly. We were like, oh yeah. man. So this is what we were thinking we might be out here for like a year or something, but it was yeah. only four and a half months or four months. So it's good though. Awesome. Okay. Well, what kind of personality traits do you feel like people who like live location independent lifestyles should have or do have? Oh man. Let me think about that one for just a second, because that's a really good question. What personality, so like what personality traits do they like need to like kind of make it in the, in the LI world? Yeah. Or like a lot of you guys have to make it that are like, it's helping you be successful. So I think like if I had to, I'm going to try and just articulate everything that's running through my brain here because it might, it might get messy here. Um, (laughs) I think people who like really want to who haven't been in the LA light like they haven't been location independent and they're looking to do either like the nomad or they're or they're looking to take long-term travels and stuff like that yeah you've got to be able to be really chill but really resilient at the same time um because and what I mean by really chill like like just crap's gonna happen when you travel like you're gonna miss a train or you might miss a flight or your hotel accommodations or whatever your accommodations might not be as nice or might not be anywhere as like, like be completely horrible. And you might find yourself living in a situation that's very uncomfortable. And like, you just got to be chill with it. Like you just got to be okay with it, but you've also got to be resilient enough to not get disturbed, like discouraged with it and be willing to find the good things in it. So, um, I'd say, yeah, just be like, really chill, very resilient, um, definitely ambitious, um, and being willing to be flexible in your ambition. So if I, like, I, I, I recite my story on like how we've been able to pull off the whole location independent lifestyle. And I've heard some people, like I've had two or three people coming in. They're like, dude, it's like, like, did you guys plan all that? Like, that sounds like a really like smooth transition that you guys have made. No, it's, it's been a really rough transition. Like, I mean, we've, we've lived off credit cards for three months. Like we've lost jobs. Like we've gotten, I've gotten, uh, I've quit jobs because they wouldn't let me remote work remote. Like you have to be willing to kind of make those sacrifices and, uh, be extremely determined to reach those goals. And when things get in the way, you just kind of got to plow through them. Like you can't like try and figure out a way to work around them. You just got to go plow through them and and don't take no for an answer. (laughs) That's always good advice. I'm always curious, like what people have to say, but it's pretty much be the, be ambitious and be resilient because it, it is hard. It's hard. It's but, not an easy lifestyle. <laughs> like, no. It may, it may seem glorious at first. Like when people like see this stuff, like, Oh, I have this friend who travels full time and 
right. it's all these all these great things like it does look great like it definitely looks great on like an instagram account and it definitely looks great on uh like when you're sitting around drinking beers with your friends or something like that where you're just kind of telling hey what have you been up to for the last year it's like oh well i've been to like seven countries in the last six months like it sounds <laughs> great but like it's hard. It's very, very hard. Like it doesn't like that enjoyment. And that's like the side of, side of the spectrum of really cool experiences does not come without the other side of the spectrum where it's like really hard to make those happen. Right. Um, like, yeah, unless, unless you've got like a, a trust fund or you inherit a bunch of money <laughs> that you just allowed just to travel freely wherever you want to go. Yeah. So I will say I, that picture that you guys took, I don't remember what country you were in, but it was the big pool picture yeah uh, that was I sent, mexico yeah okay. it was awesome i sent that to one of my friends and i was like look how amazing this is and <laughs> he replied and he's like they've been on the road for how long that sounds stressful <laughs> like, yeah it's stressful <laughs> it's kind of don't that, think about that when you're looking at instagram but totally yeah and we we try to like because that was one of the things that's actually a big reason why i started budget travel secrets so we actually have another travel account called travel lores Right. Um, that my wife oversees and she's like the really good photographer and takes really good pictures and knows how to edit them all really fancy. And she actually does 90% of the ones I'm about to travel. Um, <laughs> but when I, after we were kind of building that up and getting content, I was like, this is not what I want it to be because I just felt like, I just feel like the portrayal of like what travel is nowadays is like people will go to destinations just to get another picture in some sense. And I know that sounds really bad and people may get upset that I say that, but in all honesty, like we've been to some destination locations over the last uh, four or five months. And that's honestly what I felt like it was like, everyone isn't just sitting and looking at the sunset. Everyone's got their phones out trying to get the best picture and trying to get the best pose. And I mean, people are buying, experiences off of Airbnb to have a photographer follow around, follow them around on some of these places so they can get yeah. a good picture to post on Instagram. And it's like, I, I get that. So we try to like with every good and great picture that we post, there's usually uh, a, <clears throat> excuse me. There's usually a story behind it of a screaming child or <laughs> of course. Yeah. Or um, some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of, of pain point. Cause like I guarantee yeah. So like, Actually, now that you call out that specific picture in Mexico, it was like two days prior to that. Like the reason why we were on that pool was because we got locked out of the pool at the current place that we were at with our Airbnb host. Okay. And we like, I know this sounds horrible, but like we paid extra to be able to access the pool and the key code wouldn't work. And then we go to the front desk and then we're like, Hey, what's going on? They're like, Oh yeah, you're the person who you're renting from hasn't paid rent for three months. So we're locking the code out. And they said, you should probably get on that. So you guys don't get kicked out of your Airbnb. And so that was the story behind us. And then all of a sudden we, we talked to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, you can use, he's like, I own a, I own an apartment. You can go to the pool there. And it was like a rooftop pool. So it's like, there was a lot of crap that happened before we got to that beautiful destination. Just to get that picture. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. So what does your typical work day look like? Um, good question. I don't really have like, now that I'm home, I definitely have a routine. Okay. But when we were traveling, do you want me to answer that? Like when we were traveling, what the typical, typical yeah. workday looks like rather than yeah. at home? Cause at home it's pretty routine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but when we were traveling, it was usually me getting up at a decent hour. And what I mean by decent hour for me, that's like eight o'clock is <laughs> okay. early. So like if I'm rolling out of bed at like seven 30, getting, getting to work by eight, I would work for about four or five hours um, and my wife would kind of hang out with my daughter and she just kind of 
basically get her all situated, play games with her and whatnot. And then once my daughter was done taking her first nap of the day, so she's down, she was down to one nap before we, we got over to Europe specifically. Um, and so she would take about an hour and a half nap. And so we, I'd basically just work until after she was done with that nap. And then we, we'd take off for about three or four hours every day, um, in the afternoons and go check out some of the sites or go see something that we, we noticed that we wanted to check out or go shopping or something like that, grocery shopping. Um, so yeah, it was pretty chill. And then I get back on after spending half the day with my, with my family. And then I get back on probably around seven o'clock at night and work till midnight. Okay. So you were still pretty busy while you were traveling. Very busy. Yeah. And that, that was like that, what I just described would be like the ideal day. Cause like when things weren't going well at work or when things were a little bit more stressful or, uh, there was more work that I had to get done. Like it was, I would work, there were some days that I'd work like 12 hour days and my wife would just have to figure out how to entertain my daughter for that long. Right. So it was almost harder for her than it was for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So like when you guys made this decision, were, what were the, I'm sorry, what were the, like risks versus benefits that you guys were considering uh, before you like started. This is such a great question because <laughs> this is actually, a, we follow a process honestly when we do this okay. and we we're doing it right now actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, referring back to the, the four hour work week, um, there's an exercise in there called dreamlining. Okay. And dreamlining is just another, it's like a, it's a format or a, a framework of how to set goals. And instead of just like setting goals with like timelines, it's really setting outrageously huge goals, like massive goals. And then before, like you basically go through and you decide which one of those goals that you really want or which one of those dream lines that you really want to follow. And then you define the nightmare and the risks that come along with it. And um, perfect example was one of the risks that we assessed before we left for Europe this second time with my daughter. Um, we basically just said, okay, so what's the nightmare? Like what would be the absolute worst situation? And we kind of made sure I was stable at work and I had, I had enough clients to really help us fund our travels and survive and, and pay some debts off and be able to have some emergency money if we absolutely needed it. And, and so we assessed that. And then we also looked at, um, we looked at kind of all angles and we said, okay, so the worst case scenario honestly would have been, I go through and lose my clients, which actually happened the first time I went to Europe. Um, luckily, my wife was working at the time, so we had some money to fall back on. Okay. Um, but this time around, it was just me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm our primary source. Excuse me, I've got the hiccups. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I've, I'm our primary source of income right now, and uh, or our sole in source of income at the moment. So before we left, we said, okay, so the worst case scenario is I lose all of my clients or Facebook shuts down and I can't make ads for my clients anymore. Or, um, that was like the worst case scenario on that. And we're like, okay, so if that happens and we're out and about, then what do we do? And it's like, Oh, well then I either need to spend a couple, like spend two weeks minimum and we'll look for some work online. If I can find work online immediately, that'd be great. But if after two weeks, if I don't have work, like we'll just have to book a ticket home on a credit card and have to pay it off, like work on paying that off because it'd be really expensive that way. Um, and then the other situations we're looking at, we're like, okay, our daughter gets deathly sick and we have to come home or we have to go to a foreign hospital in a country. We don't speak the language. Um, or we get pregnant again unexpectedly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my wife gets super sick and we have to book emergency tickets home like we did the first time <laughs> yeah. um, or the, like or something happens like at a house sit like 
the, one of the worst case scenarios, I actually don't, I, I tell this story kind of lightly just because I don't want to scare people away from house sitting, but this is the reality of what happens when you house sit. Um, what, one of the, the, the thing that tipped my wife over that first time we were in Europe when she was pregnant, uh, she was, I think eight weeks along, nine weeks along, super sick. And we were in this beautiful house in the, like in the center of Portugal. Okay. We were up in all these eucalyptus farms and it was back in 2017. So I don't know if you guys remember hearing in the news, I don't know if it made it all the way out here, but like people were dying all over the place because of the wildfires. Like people were literally getting like their cars oh, were melting to the road because of the wildfires that were happening in Portugal. Oh, okay. Um, so really, really tragic stuff. And the house that we were at was right by one of the wildfires and we knew they were in the distance. And then one morning we woke up and they were about 300 yards away from the house. Oh my goodness. And we, we were woken up by a phone call from the owner saying, hey, the neighbors called and said that they like they knocked on the door and everything. You guys didn't answer. And we're like, yeah, we didn't answer. They were knocking on the door like 5 a.m. Like, I don't think we knew what was going on. And we're in a foreign country. And I'm not going to answer the door to them. <laughs> right. Someone no. banging on the door at 5 a.m. Um, so we ended up getting a call. It was, it was earlier in the morning. He's like, you guys got to get out of there. And the bomberos or the firemen, uh, they were like, were evacuating the Oh my so, and my, my wife was just done. She was pregnant. She was sick. There was smoke in the air and everything. And she's just like, I'm sick. We're going home. This going is the home. last house that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that, that did happen. So we got evacuated from the house sit. long story short. Um, the house was fine. Nothing burned down. The fireman stopped it about 150 yards away from the house. And oh. yeah, so that, I mean, that's what happens. That's what happens. That was one of the worst case scenarios that did actually happen. Um, yeah. So there's, there's just a lot of worst case scenarios and yeah, you have to consider those yeah. before you just kind of leap, but. And I, I want to make sure that I'm clear, like define those worst case scenarios and then also look at the likelihood of those happening. Because yeah. when you really take a realistic approach to it, like the likelihood of say me losing all my clients in the same, same month or me or Facebook getting shut down or my, what my daughter getting deathly sick and we have nothing to do. Like we, like the likelihood of that happening is very seldom compared yeah. to the more the likelihood of it um like not happening like it does like sorry i totally butchered how i was gonna say that but it's no, it's a lot more likely not to happen is what i'm trying to say right and it's very and, and when it does you're prepared yeah yeah definitely when you consider those things you're able to prepare yourself for them yeah because the benefits always i'm telling you like nine out of ten times the benefits of of like the what you see as a risk and taking risk, the benefits of taking that risk, nine out of 10 times are usually better. Like you'll be better off for taking that risk. Right. So okay. yeah, sorry, that was a long winded answer, but yeah. That's okay. I think I'm actually going to get that book because it's not the first time I've heard of it, but I've always heard good things about it. So yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it's a great audio book. I would suggest, uh, I'd suggest getting the, the copy of it though, because there's a lot of like diagrams and stuff to reference from. Okay, cool. Awesome. So where do you guys see yourself in five years? I have no clue. Okay. <laughs> I, all I know is that in five years, we'll probably have a couple more kids and that's it. Like, okay. that's the only thing I can tell you. Do you guys think you'll be traveling or still trying to be traveling as much as you can? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah. Like the reason why I say I haven't, we have no clue is we really have no clue. All I know is that like, we have our big life, like my life, life milestones that we want to hit, which is like, we want to have three kids before I think we're like 32. Okay. Um, we're 28 right now, uh, 28 and 27. So we've got some good time. Um, but 
Yeah. Like, it's like really just like family, like the family structure and the family design is we want to have about three kids. If we can get there, two's great. If we can get the third one, we're going to be really happy. And then, um, work wise, I mean, I want to be 100 like, I want to have like, actually my, my main goal. And that's actually what I'm working really hard on right now is turning budget travel secrets into an actual, uh, an actual platform that people can really get a lot of value from with okay. paid courses and paid membership sites and stuff like that. So that's what I'm working on right now. Um, so eventually like I want that to turn into something. I don't know exactly what I want it to turn in exactly five years. I do have an a, a overarching goal, what I do want to turn it into okay. um, as like a finalized product, if it ever can be a finalized product, cause it's a, it's a business and it's a living working thing. But then I know we're definitely gonna be traveling. We want to hit all seven continents before I'm 40. So <laughs> that's, that's a goal. We just have like these random goals, but we don't really have like in the next five years, that's what we want to do. So we're usually thinking about six months to a year out and that's it. Okay. Yep. It works that way. Yeah. It's too many variables <laughs> at five years. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, where is your guys's or yours personally, or both of you, if you have the same one, your favorite place in the world? Oh man. So I'm just going to answer personally, just because I know my wife has very different ones than I do. Um, my absolute favorite place in the world is uh, Hanalei Pier in the Hanalei Bay on Kauai, Hawaii. That wow. is by far the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's there or on the uh, the uh, Nepali coast in Kauai. Okay. So yeah, if, if anyone's like wanting to take a life, like a li trip of a lifetime, like go to Kauai. Okay. that's the best place on earth <laughs> that's the best place on earth when did you guys travel there um so i've been to hawaii itself i've been to hawaii three times now okay. um several different islands but i've been to Kauai twice and it's actually funny because we went with my family um went with my family the first time the first time we ever went to the Kauai island was 2017 2016 i think sorry i'm getting my dates mixed up but anyways we went for christmas like that was our christmas present because like one thing i absolutely love about uh what my parents do and it's actually probably where i got my travel bug from is yeah. um they really try to like have we really try to do like family experiences rather than buying a bunch of presents and stuff for christmas and the holidays so that was our christmas present as a family which was awesome was to go to hawaii yeah. And so we went to Kauai with my family and then Sarah and I loved it so much. And we had just been getting into the travel hacking game and we had enough points. So we actually ended up going back with some, some friends and some other family members six, five months later. <laughs> so we went, yeah, we turned around, turned around, went right back, used uh, frequent flyer miles and actually flew there for free. So it was pretty oh, awesome. Okay. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. Uh, why did you start traveling? What like kind of got, where'd you get your travel bug? Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely my family. Uh, my dad has always been, so my dad's been a big traveler. They're not big international travelers though. Like yeah. I've only been to like Canada with my family. Okay. Um, as far as internationally goes, but, um, my travel bug was definitely just like ingrained in me as a child, just cause we were really fortunate enough as I was growing up. Like we traveled all the time. Like my dad would take a, take us all of his family, we'd, he'd take us to like business conferences and stuff. And like, we'd oh, yeah. be put up in the hotel and he'd go to his conference and then we'd go check out like stuff in Florida and stuff like, like we've been to, I've been to almost all the States. I think I'm like 10 States shy of the 50 States, but, okay. um, 
yeah, all over the East coast and Boston and stuff like that. Like we've been all over the place in the United States and, um, that's primarily because of my dad, uh, my dad and my mom, they both have just been, my dad used to work for the airlines when he was, when he was young. So he, I think that's where he got a big, big bug because he'd just jump on a plane whenever there was a free seat and go to San Francisco for the day and stuff like that That's awesome. <laughs> back, yeah. back when things were a lot more chill. So, yeah. um, yeah, like that, that's where I got it. And then I lived abroad for two years in South America on a service mission down in Chile. Okay. And I think that is where it kind of was. I think that's where it turned into part of my DNA in a way. Right. <laughs> because like I, I learned a new language. I was, I completely got myself immersed and lived in a, an entirely new culture. Okay. Um, was completely on my own at 19 years old or 20 years. I was 20 years old at the time when I started that. And, um, literally just smack dab in the middle of a country. I had no clue what was going on and I had to learn the language. It was sink or swim. And Yep, pretty much. Yep. And turned it into something and then when I came home it was like man if that's what Chile is like like I cannot imagine what the rest of the world is like right and so that's kind of what kicked it all off awesome yeah that would that would be it is kind of a sink or swim situation you just got to figure it out yeah it's yeah. awesome I love that's I love it it's the uncertainty of like what's going to happen each day I absolutely love that yeah okay so what what advice would you give to somebody who is trying to become location independent keep trying like don't okay. give up <laughs> just don't give up because there is no easy way to get there because and I think the reason why if you look at if you look at what society deems as the norm right society deems as the norm is you, you play the game I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the board game life okay yeah so there's two paths you take on the board game life you take the college route or you take the trade route and usually can't make very good money in the game of life when you, uh, when you go the trade route or skip college. Right. Yeah. And from college you go to get into a degree or you get your degree and then you get a job and then you have, you get married and you have kids and you, you live life, right. You do the soccer practice and the get a van and all that stuff. Why pick a fence <laughs> and whatnot. Like yeah. that is deemed as the norm. And that has been indoctrinated into our society here in the United States for decades, like absolute decades yes. where, you have, you have the provider um, of the family or you have two providers of the family and it doesn't matter if they hate their job or it doesn't matter if they just don't, like dislike their job. Like you just do what you can do to provide for your family and you just kind of grin and bear it. Um, or if you're fortunate and you're a lucky one, like you get to really do something you're fortunate about or like you absolutely love. Yeah. But the whole idea is, the whole idea is to get into a bigger house, a nicer car, bigger TV, get more space get an office or get a, get a shop in the back and which is great. Those are all valid goals. Like I'm not knocking on yeah. that at all. I'm just saying that's the traditional norm. Whereas the reason why it's so hard to do this location independent thing is because it is the opposite of the norm. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I, I dropped out of college and decided to go out on my own and realized there's so many skill sets out there online that colleges are five to even nine years, 10 years behind on training. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's actually why I dropped out of college. I took an intro to computer science classes and me being in the environment that I was in, I got my syllabus and I knew the language that I was learning in that class was outdated. I'm like, why yeah. am I spending $1,500 to $2,500 on this class to learn an outdated language? It's literally going to be just like dismissed or it's not even going to be used. Yeah. Worthless. Then yeah. went to a coding boot camp instead and learned the three, learned the three and four languages that actually are being used in the software industry and got a job right out of it. And that's the reason why those are thriving right now. 
So just keep trying because it's you're going against the grain, you're going against the current, and uh, that's why people will look at you differently when you achieve it, and that's why people are going to laugh at you when you're not when you haven't achieved it yet. Yeah. So. All right, that's some dang good advice. <laughs> so I'm yeah. in no way, shape, or form wise, guys. I'm just trying to <laughs> just trying to make my way around this whole. I'm still working up current in very many ways. So. Yeah, I mean, I graduate in December, and so I'm getting, people are starting to, like, really seriously ask me what I'm planning to do after graduation, and I'm like, let me try to explain this to you delicately, but... Yeah, because it throws people off. What what are you getting your degree in, if you don't mind me asking? International business. Oh, that's awesome. I actually consider going to school for that. Yeah, I mean... My whole goal is to learn Mandarin Chinese and be able to speak Chinese, Spanish, and English. That's awesome. I, I went to Spain. I studied abroad twice. I still can't speak Spanish. I am very mad at myself for not, for not just like diving in and really learning. But I mean, I do go to a small school in the middle of Missouri. So it's not like, it's not a great program, but it's not like you can immerse yourself into it either. Cause like, I'm convinced, like, if you really want to get good at a language, you got to immerse yourself. (laughs) Exactly. And it was only like two short term, like study abroad trips. So I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, people are giving me weird looks, but (laughs) they'll understand maybe one of these days soon so yeah and that's the thing is like just don't just don't worry about it just like I I've I've tried to like I've almost trained myself to learn to tell people things that really just throw them on their heels (laughs) yeah because like my favorite thing is when we were planning our trip like when we plan our long trips like oh man I can't I was working with I was I was looking at doing some business with a friend of mine here Okay. And we were looking at like getting a project started and we we're kind of getting some wheels turning. I was just like, you know, like that's cool. But then Sarah and I literally had the idea like, well, let's go to Mexico for six weeks. <laughs> and like five weeks later we were in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was just like spur of the moment. And I remember telling him, I'm like, Oh, Hey, like I'm going to be gone for a little bit. Like we're going to go to Mexico. Uh, and he's like, Oh cool, man. Like uh, when are you leaving? I'm like, Oh, we're leaving in February like February 15th or February 18th. He's like, Oh, cool, man. Um, just so just let me know when you get back and we can get things going. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's the thing. I probably won't be back till like April or maybe yeah. even May. Like we don't really have a return flight. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like it just was so odd to him. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, you're going to live down there. I'm like, no, we're just gonna go there and check it out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's hard to convince people that it's really okay. It's just, yeah it's a yeah. risk but it's a good risk so absolutely absolutely yeah no more power to you like definitely keep moving with it and keep telling like just try and find the things that are the most unique about what you're what you're working on and what you're like okay. working to achieve tell people that first like don't try and do delicately anymore it's really funny okay. it's fun like find some fun in it <laughs> just knock them down with the, the yeah literally just knock okay. them down like oh yeah i just actually i'm gonna try this whole like thing where you don't really live anywhere and you just kind of travel nonstop. Like I'm probably gonna go check that out. See how that goes. Uh, that'll, that'll go over really. Yeah, that'll go over well, especially with the parents. Uh, my parents understand a little bit. It's my grandparents that are gonna be a little. Confused, yeah. But that's okay. They'll get it. Yeah, I've I've spent a couple Sunday afternoons over dinner trying to explain that to to my yeah. grandparents of like why we were gone for eight months with their great granddaughter and stuff yeah. like that. So. <laughs> Okay, so where can we find you and Sarah online? Um, perfect question. Uh, so we have a ton of things in the works. So I'm only going to give you actually one portal or two different areas to find us. And so okay. you guys are listening to a podcast. We do have a podcast. Season one is actually dropping November 18th. So whenever this is published, yes. 
maybe after or before, but we've got season one. We've got about um, anywhere between f- like 30 to 60 episodes coming to you for season one. Cool. And that is called Travel Secrets Radio. You can find us on all major platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, Travel Secrets Radio. And then on Instagram is Budget Travel Secrets uh, at Budget Travel Secrets, or you can search Budget Travel with Mitch and all, and we'll pop up. Um, just yeah i mean you can find us elsewhere but just start there and that's going to be the best place where you can start and that'll kind of push you in all the directions that you need to go to find out more all right cool well thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today i really enjoyed speaking with you and getting to learn about your guys's life it's awesome no thanks for having us we absolutely love doing this this is great (laughs) this is really fun If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and follow me at Adventure in Vino on Instagram.